This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 55 of Retired Racehorse Radio on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products and Cashel Products. Retired Racehorse Radio is your guide to the adoption, care, and training of the retired racehorse, brought to you in cooperation with the Retired Racehorse Project and New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program. On today's episode, we pull at your heartstrings with Miri Hackett from Hackett Equine as she shares her personal story of how her thoroughbred filly truly was a gift. Christy Schulte-Cappert joins us to talk about the ASPCA's newest initiative, Adopt-A-Horse Month. And if we weren't encouraging you enough to bring a new horse into your life, Leandra (laughs) from New Vocation brings us another training tip and our adorable adoptable horse of the week. So listen in. And they're off on Retired Racehorse Radio, the podcast that is your guide to the adoption, care, and training of the retired racehorse. This is Jamie Jennings, and I'm currently in Norman, Oklahoma. And this is Joy Hills in Detroit, Michigan, and you're listening to Retired Racehorse Radio. Go! (laughs) Did anybody pick the Derby winner at all? Like, I I don't even think Bob Baffert picked it. No, I don't think that happened at all. I was... It was a total upset. I mean, I am so excited for Medina Spirit uh, and Bob Baffert. Another great win for him. I mean, when does Bob Baffert not win the Kentucky Derby lately? But uh, yeah, I, I didn't cool win any money. No, 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 <laughs> nobody did. Um, I don't even think Bob bet on him. Uh, so Medina, Medina Spirit actually won the Derby. And the cool thing about this horse is it was bought for $1,000 as a yearling. So mm-hmm. I, it was really, really awesome to see that kind of that whole story. We covered the whole mare story on horses in the morning, but the owner of the mare after the horse sold for $1,000 gave away the mother. Mm-hmm. gave away the dam. So the dam now currently ha- w- went through a couple hands and now lives the life at Taylor made uh, farm. So uh, congratulations, Medina spirit. Oh my gosh. What an amazing thing. We are going to talk a little bit more about a derby horse, derby. What's her name? Derby, derby Dar- doll, derby doll. That's our new vocation yes. horse of the week. I wonder if like, horses when they're you know running around with their yearling buddies out in the pasture if they're like i'm gonna make that you know how kids are like i'm gonna be this i'm be this i wonder if they're like envision making it to the big show i know i kind of makes you wonder if they have those little conversations or out there playing <laughs> pretend like i'm gonna be the next triple crown winner uh-huh exactly it'd be so cute to think about what they talk about as little babies oh, um absolutely <laughs> and speaking of babies i'm really excited to have mary hackett on to talk about her filly uh jamie you will just cry i cried during that interview of hearing about how miri had a very interesting way of adopting a thoroughbred gosh i have like ultimate baby fever right now and of (laughs) course not human baby fever everybody's having foals and posting foal pictures i know tis the season tis the season (laughs) little foals and all the great full spam that you're going to see on your social media. Uh, oh, we love it all. We love it all. And you know what we also love is Kentucky Performance Products, our key sponsor, and we're going to hear a message from them now. This Nutrition Minute is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, the company that simplifies your search for research-proven nutritional supplements at kppusa.com. 
The horse that matters to you matters to Kentucky Performance Products. Managing horses can be challenging. Each horse's personality affects the way he behaves and reacts to the world around him. Horses with certain dispositions can be at higher risk for developing health problems than others. High-strung or excitable horses are easily stressed, but so is the timid, quiet warrior. Stressed horses are more likely to develop digestive upsets that lead to colic, diarrhea, and ulcers. Nalox Advanced was specifically developed to support a digestive tract that is under stress. It sustains proper pH levels, reducing the incidence of ulcers and hindgut imbalances, while simultaneously supporting the healing of damaged tissues. Nalox Advanced supports the complete digestion of starches and sugars and sustains populations of beneficial bacteria. Make life a little easier on your sensitive horse and start him on Nalox Advanced today. To learn more about the ingredients in Nalox Advanced, visit Kentucky Performance Products at kppusa.com. Mary Hackett from Hackett Equine. If you guys follow her on YouTube or Instagram, you'll know that she's just a bundle of joy to watch as she trains horses, brings them along, shares her life story, and is honestly one of the most genuine horse trainers that I've gotten to see over the last few years. So welcome to the show, Mary. Thanks for having me. That was a very flattering little intro you did. Oh, I was so excited. I gave a couple people a sneak preview. I was like, oh, we're going to get Mary on the show. They're like, I love her. <laughs> they were so excited to have you on. And uh, before we dive in, because you have such a heartfelt story about your mare and your, uh, well, now yearling. No, she's a yearling. Well. Oh my gosh, did that much time pass? What is time anymore? <laughs> but uh, yeah, I can't believe she's a two-year-old now. We're going to talk a little bit about that amazing story, but let's introduce you to people who might not know you. Tell us a little bit about who you are and your involvement in horses. So I am a trainer predominantly. So I started out as a coach and now I run a training facility in Hertfordshire in the UK where I take on all sorts of horses and ponies, problems, breakers, older horses for competition. And yeah, it's been my lifelong dream to do what I do. And I've made it a reality, which is pretty amazing. And I kind of pinch myself every day that I've, I'm doing what I wanted to do when I was a little girl. And the thing that's crazy. So most of our listeners either have a horse, lease a horse, or have been riding horses. We know how much time horses take in our lives. And you somehow managed to also create a YouTube channel, a great Instagram following, and you also bake like on your off time, which I'm like, how are you doing it? You're clearly Wonder Woman. So it's very impressive. Thanks. Um, yeah. Sometimes I do wish there were more hours in the day, but I've got a great team around me that help me with the horses now. So I don't have to do so much of the manual stuff, which allows mm-hmm. me to do more social media, more of everything that I want to do. It's a juggling act, but it's a juggling act that I love. And I feel very grateful to be have all of the things that I get to do. I think I heard someone say that recently. It's not what you have to do. It's what you get to do. I get to do all of these amazing things. And yeah, it's worth getting up for. That's so amazing. Oh, I love it. And how many horses out of the ones that you all have that are your own? Because I think you have a mare squad on your team. Yeah. So I own six bay mares. <laughs> amazing. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> How do you tell them all apart? I always feel like another friend of mine who has all bay mares as well. I look at them. They're almost all solid bays. I'm like, how do you even 
Call them well, apart I'm, in the field. Yeah, I'm just looking at a picture of them now as we speak. And they do all have very different, they are very different. They Okay, they are all bay mares, but they're all very different sizes. They all have different facial markings. I think Kenko, the, the mare that had a, that's had a foal recently, and her foal, they look the most similar because they're actually genetically like related but the rest of them are very different breeds different types so yes my mum can't tell them apart and I've owned some of them for over 10 years and she still doesn't know the difference between Mo and Nanette but you know that's okay (laughs) I don't mind sounds about right for a mom (laughs) oh awesome and so with all the mares is there a reason you have a preference towards mares over having geldings or is it just how everything's fallen in I think it's just kind of how it's happened I when I was young I had a pony called Pluto and he was black and he was like the only gelding that I've owned and I don't particularly choose mares I don't know whether maybe they do they choose me I don't know but I for example I hadn't actually bought a horse for about 10 years Kenko came into my life the pony because she was she came in to be backed where I was working and or where I was running the yard and in the, it was never going to work with the owner. So I offered to buy her because they wanted it done quickly and this pony mm. needed time. So I bought her, Baymare. Mm. Didn't really think of anything of it. Didn't choose mm. her, you know, didn't go out looking for her. And then the next one, I already owned Mo and Nanette. At this point, I'd bought them again a long time before. And it was all, it was, you know, oh, I know of this horse. Are you interested? Not, I'm going looking for a horse. Oh, I've seen that advert. I've never, or oh, none of these horses have been advertised. I've just gone, I've said, I'm look, maybe I'm looking for a horse. And people say, oh, what about this one? And then with Zora, so there's a long gap. There's like a five-year gap. And then Zora, my most recent purchase, who's the three-year-old that I've produced now. She's five, actually. So two years ago. I um, bought her from a sale. I was looking for a horse and I'd looked at the sale and I had been through the whole catalogue and got all of the x-rays and my vet had looked at all the x-rays and he said, "Mm, this one and this one, probably okay. Went to the sale and I was like, okay, well, I don't like that big, ugly one. It was was kind of gangly and I was like, "Mm, maybe it's well-bred, but I didn't really like the type. It wasn't my Mm. kind of... I wanted a girl's horse. I wanted a nice, small, pretty horse. It didn't have to be a mare. didn't have to be bay, but it was a mare and it was bay with a white face. Mm-hmm. Oh, she's gorgeous too. Oh, she's like the most beautiful mover. I love seeing your post of her. She's really special and she's a bay mare. So there we are. And then I bred from Kenko. And then I suppose that quite nicely brings us on to Didi, the other. She's probably, she's the fifth of six as such because Indy came after her. But yeah, Didi was, Didi was, yeah in between yeah. and, and kind of a gift but yes yeah. let's dive into her backstory because it's a very heartwarming one and our listeners on here they're used to hearing adoption tales of thoroughbreds coming into their second homes mm. normally off the track is what we normally see but this one's a little bit different yeah. tell us a little bit about how you decided that you were going to breed your mare Mo. And how we kind of ended up to DD because it's an intense story. So I've owned Mo for 10 years, more than that now. And I had always wanted to have a foal from her all the time that I had her. That had always been my long-term plan. She jumped big classes. She jumped 140s. And she was, they say, our horse of a lifetime. And she really was that for me. She was very, she, she had a huge heart. And she was incredibly brave. And I wanted to be able to carry on her legacy as such. So I spoke with my vet and we put her in foal. And the the pregnancy was a bit 
tricky at the beginning. It was all a bit, mm-hmm. un- it was like she didn't take, but then she did. It was like the fall that wasn't meant to be that was. Mm-hmm. And to cut a long story short, it all went wrong at the end. I think we diagnosed it as placentitis, but mm-hmm. it, nothing was done. And nothing was done not because I didn't choose to, but because I didn't know to towards the end. And I didn't, I wasn't very well led. And the foal came in almost like, it it was almost a bit like she was aborted. She was, the delivery was very, very fast. One minute there was no foal, the next minute there was, which isn't really very normal, especially for a maiden Mm -hmm. mare. She was very small and she was a bay mare. And she very rapidly declined at 30. She did, she was up and she drank, but I think because of the placentitis, the milk had gone, the, the colostrum had gone, again, not very well led. And maybe if I'd have taken her to the vets there and then it would have been different, but she died. She was 36 hours old and she passed away. She was septic in her whole body. She had pneumonia, basically like the bacteria of pneumonia. And we tried to get her to the vet college which is local to us and she died in the car on the way and haven't actually gone over this story in a really long time sorry and no, um, a hard one <laughs> and yeah it was just awful like you pin 10 years of your life on on something and you think it's going to be this romantic idea of having this beautiful baby and then it goes and it's lost and it's gone and that all that time is gone and all of that hope is gone and there's nothing that you can do to there's nothing I could do I I was totally out of control I couldn't do anything there was nothing I could do to bring her back there was nothing I could do for my mare who was totally broken and as I left the vet college I made a decision I was in the lorry with my good friend Michelle who owns Obi the lovely horse I ride He's a gelding. He's not a bay mare. And I made a decision and I said, this isn't the end of this journey. This isn't the end of this road. This mare, she wants a baby. She would loved her so much. She had this short time with her. And so I put a post on my Facebook and I made a decision that I was going to offer Mo as a, an adoptive mother now at the time I didn't know but normally when this happens the mayor would I'm really sorry about my cockerel he doesn't understand about oh, all our listeners pretty much have chickens you're good <laughs> we um, love them anyway I didn't realize but at the time it actually I didn't realize when I put the post on Facebook but it's quite common actually for the mare to go to the foal and to live mm-hmm. with the foal because broodmares have kind of become this commodity where the foals are actually more important. And it's sad really when you, when you hear that. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And for me, my foal had passed away, but my mare was equally as important to me. Weirdly, the person that reached out to me had a foal and she was five days old and her mum had passed away from a prolapse and they tried to save her, but they hadn't been able to. And so she was being bucket reared, which is pretty amazing. They taught her to drink out of a bucket of milk within like four hours of her mum passing away. So she arrived, this tiny little foal. They just said that they wanted her to have a mum and she arrived and when she was actually at a, a thoroughbred stud and it was only half an hour away. So literally we got back to our yard 
And then this little baby arrived and she was so full of life. When I look back on my baby, she was just never that. She never had that. She didn't have that spring in her step and that life in her body. She, I think she maybe was always destined for that end. And it's terrible when I think back on it. And of course, it makes me very emotional because I think of what the opportunity could have been and all the rest of it. And it's very hard to stomach the reality of what happened. And I spoke to a few people, including someone I used to work for, who I really respect. And they reached out to me and they said, you said, they said, sometimes life isn't meant to happen and there's nothing you can do. And you could have taken her to the vets and spent 10,000 pounds and she maybe still have never have lived or had a life that was, you know, and I had a few people reach out to me afterwards and they said, we had a similar situation and he made it to 18 months old and then he died because his mm. body just wasn't built for life. And it is torture to, to go over and think about. Mm. But when I looked at Dee Dee and I saw her and she was springing around the stable like she was made like Tigger and I thought, mm. this is what life looks like. I named... Um, Mose fold Mapenzi and it meant sweetheart and she had a big white heart oh, shape on okay. her forehead and it's Swahili my family lived in my parents lived in Tanzania for a long time I kind of always liked the names that they used to tell me about and I liked that they had a meaning and I thought they were beautiful like beautiful names and her name would have been Zizi which is pretty oh. cool anyway this baby came and then we had the job because Mo hated her she was mm-hmm. not a baby. Yeah, she it wasn't like, the most easy transition. No. And, and you know, I heard of horses just taking a fall, just going, mm-hmm. okay, it's not mine, but okay, I, I accept this. But Mo, Mo wasn't that lady. She was like, yeah, no, I don't know who that is. And she was pretty horrid. And it was really hard because I was thinking I was trying to do the right thing. And then we have this baby and why won't she love her? And why won't she just accept her? We had Dee Dee drinking from her and Dee Dee was so brave. She was like, Oh, going towards her. Please, can I drink? Please, can I drink? Oh my gosh, bless her. (laughs) I mean, and Mo was restrained. So this is a thing that you have to make it safe. So we put some like very soft hobbles on Mo behind to make sure she physically Mm -hmm. couldn't kick her. But she equally could push her and move around. And it, it was... It wasn't very nice, I'll be honest. Yeah, again, not the romantic idea that we all think of. Like, here's reality sometimes. Yeah, you know, here's this baby. And and I can't explain it to Mo. I can't explain. Mm. Her mom died. You need to look after her. Like, she doesn't have a mom. You can be her mom. You can learn to love her. So there is a a science and a, a way of introducing a mare to a foal that's relatively modern now. And if the vet listening, then I do apologize if I get this wrong. But you give them a treble dose of prostaglandin. So prostaglandin is the hormone that you would give a mare to encourage her into season, but you'd mm-hmm. give them one mil for like a normal sized horse. Mm-hmm. And it would encourage them to come into a cycle over a few days and then you can inseminate at a specific date that kind of thing but someone has been doing some science or some trialing I don't know where this when this began but if you give a mare three mil of prostaglandin they look a bit like they're in labor they sweat they pace Mm. they 
breathe very heavily, their heart rate rises. And it's a bit like they get lost in the emotion. And if in that phase, you can then introduce a foal with their, if the foal is very young or the the mare was very close to having lost a foal, you could use a bit of the afterbirth maybe. Mm -hmm. But we didn't have any of those things. So we gave Mo the treble dose of the prostaglandin and we waited and we waited and nothing really happened and she sweated a little bit but she looked pretty okay and we brought the foal round and we were like "Mm, she looks pretty mean still I'm not sure Mm. and nothing she didn't nothing happened and we were very disheartened by this point I'd been up for god knows how many days in a row feeding this poor baby foal through the night sleeping sleeping in the barn on a camp bed, feeding her every two hours from a bucket. And she was willpower. Like that's absolute willpower to make something work. I didn't really feel I had a choice. I didn't feel like I was had a choice. I'd lost everything at this point. I was this sort of desperate human that's been given this life that I feel I have to care for. And Mo doesn't want to care for her. So I have to care for her. So my vet is a really cool guy. And he basically said that there was one more option and it's this different it's a different drug basically it's the similar mm-hmm. but it's actually made for cows mm-hmm. and it's called lutalize l-u-t-a-l-y-s-e and i'm saying it out loud like that because this saved the situation it saved dd it saved mo in the long run and i can tell you about a bit about that a bit later mm-hmm. but He came back, he got this special drug, he came back and he gave it to her and it was like this bizarre out-of-body experience for Mo. She looked pretty strange. She looked a bit spaced out and I do think, I don't know whether it's that it creates this spike in their hormones, which I think it does do, but I also think it does give them a bit of a trip. She looked a bit like not okay not to be taken lightly this isn't something that you could just oh well you know we had the conversation the vet said this is quite risky this is a big dose of drug it could have an adverse effect he kind of talked me through made me sound yeah. not really but you know so definite disclaimer for everyone don't just act on this talk to your vet if you Absolutely. need to go down this, this route and yeah and this is not something that you would be doing unless you had a vet present this isn't mm-hmm. i don't even think you could get hold of it so i don't think we need to worry too much about that but at the same time 100% this isn't mm-hmm. something to be messing around with is basically what i'm trying to say and we left the little hop we left the hobbles on her and i stood with her and i when Mo started sweating and having this going through this feeling, I started rubbing the sweat off her and putting mm-hmm. it on the foal so that Didi was started to smell like Mo did. Mm-hmm. And then it was just like, oh, yeah, I've had a foal, haven't I? And that was it. Oh, my gosh. It was just her foal. All and- this work just so she can love Didi. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, and she just started behaving with her like she was her baby, mm-hmm. turning around, licking her, sniffing her, wickering and making that lovely soft noise that they make. I don't think I've ever heard a horse make that noise really other than that moment. It's like it comes from their heart, like mm-hmm. a feeling of, I'm not going to try and impersonate the sound, but it's like a hug, a horse hug. Yeah, um, it's a very warming sound. We used to breed horses when I was a kid and I know exactly what you're talking about. 
Yeah, and I'm sure if anyone else has been present mm-hmm. for this, then you'll understand the sound a mare make when she first meets her baby. And that was this moment. And I felt like a weight had lifted off my shoulders. I knew I could go to mm-hmm. sleep and have a nap. And that Mo was then, she was contented with this beautiful baby that she had. It was wonderful, thankfully. Wow. In the end. That's such an amazing story. And I, I teared up during it too, because it is hard. And it's not to say that people shouldn't breed or, you know, be worried to, but we really encourage people to do the research and be mm. open to the possibility that things don't always go perfectly, even when you do everything right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I guess I wasn't prepared. Mm. I don't think you can be. <laughs> I really yeah. don't think you can be. No. And you kind of don't want to be, if I'm honest. Mm. I'd hold on to that. If you guys are someone out there is thinking of breeding from their mare, hold on to that romantic idea and picture it all going well, because mm-hmm. it's pretty desperate when it doesn't. And I, I just, there's nothing that can really prepare mm-hmm. you for that. I think it's given me a bit of a different outlook on life and mm-hmm. the reality of horses and how fragile they are and how delicate the whole how delicate life as a whole is I didn't really realize how strong I was until it happened I didn't know I had it in me to survive things like that that's what love does love for your horse love for this new foal love is an amazing energy source yeah absolutely and I also just didn't have a choice I had other horses I had training horses I had a lot going on and I did not have a choice. I just had to get up and carry on. There was a time where I lay on the floor outside the barn on a rug. I remember it really clearly. And I just wailed into the rug. And my friend Michelle, who, like I said, was with me when she drove Mo to the vet behind my car with the foal. And she said, I knew I just had to leave you. And I just had to let you, I let had to let you have that. And I thought, yeah, well, I wish you hadn't. I wish we'd all been celebrating something, but there we are. Not how it was meant to be. Married, like emotionally, like oh, I just want to hug you, and it's just an amazing story. But Dee Dee's name has so much significance, and I would love for you to share a little bit about that because I think it describes her purpose. So Dee Dee's name is Zawadi, and Zawadi is Swahili for the word gift, and I couldn't think of a better name for her. Her registered name is Zawadi H-E, so Zawadi and then H-E from the Hackett Equine. It came to me and it just fitted and I love that Dee Dee really fits her and suits her and she's so sweet and funny and like personable that Mm. she needed a name that was cute and happy like that. She's quite big now. She's, you know, over 15 hands already. Amazing. yeah, so she, I think she's going to be quite a big horse. But yeah, it was uh, it was nice that I got to name her something that meant so much. She really has been a gift. And actually, she saved Mo's life. So it's yes. another, another story. Later on in the year, it was August. So this all happened in May time. And then my birthday, lovely. What an anniversary mm-hmm. to have. And later in the year, August, September time, she was just not looking herself in the field. I was speaking to the vet all day and I spoke to him again at about nine o'clock. And I said, look, she's really not feeling herself. Please, can you come and see her? And he said, of course, that's fine. So he comes out half past nine at night and he does an exam, a rectal exam. And Mo made the noise like I've never heard a horse make a noise. She sounded like a dinosaur when he got relatively far. And he said to me, he said, now there is a slim possibility that this horse has got internal bleeding. And I looked at him like, 
pardon? What do you mean? Thinking he was going to say she has an impaction or maybe she's got some colic or something, but internal bleeding, this is pretty rare, right? And she was just in the field. There'd seemingly been no galloping around, no broken fencing, nothing. I'm thinking, I don't understand how this happened. Anyway, cue us getting a lorry. I didn't have my own horse box at this point, so I had to borrow a friend's horse box at 11 o'clock at night, mm-hmm. trying to put a foal on that's never been on the horse box, never practised that, probably should do that regularly because otherwise it's a nightmare. So we're yeah. like lifting this foal onto a horse box at midnight, driving mm-hmm. to Newmarket. It was traumatizing to say the least and more sleepless nights and we arrived at Newmarket and their protocol is to put them in a like a waiting room as such for a horse it's got padded walls and then they gave her a little bit of sedation and that's quite normal but they gave her some sedation and then they have a member of their staff then walks them from there into the stocks, basically, so that then they can okay. do the exam. Now, when they first started to move her, she staggered, like she went wobbly. And at which point mm-hmm. I would have stopped, but them not knowing her and maybe middle of the night, whatever judgment goes they kept going and she basically had nearly had a heart attack she crashed and she oh my gosh I couldn't even imagine seeing that oh my gosh in a so imagine like a huge hospital room where you could essentially do surgery with a big stocks in the middle and loads and loads of really expensive equipment all around the edges and there's mo broken loot like walked fallen nearly on the person who was leading her so they let go she then crashed into a wall she fell over she stood up on her back legs bashed her head on the stocks fell over backwards and then just lay down on the ground and I thought is this it is this what oh I'm my gosh to me? and like, my heart is like just pacing I'm like I'm not it, even there it's not even my horse and I'm like I feel like I'm there it was terrible it was absolutely terrifying and I'm like screaming you can imagine like ah, help what's going on and poor Dee Dee is here watching all of this because of course she has to be present because they're not weaned and she's a baby and so she's just there watching her mom like smash around oh. anyway, she did get up I was then allowed to be her handler because I was like I'm not letting anyone else help my touch my horse I'm sorry but I know her really well and I'll know if she's not feeling good and we can all step back and I can help her feel okay basically and what it was is she had internal bleeding and so her heart rate had really really dropped and so then they gave her some sedation and her heart rate dropped again so she basically nearly fainted now horses don't do very well when they feel lightheaded basically that's essentially what was going on and so this is what happened the surgeon came it was very dramatic they like scanned her outside the inside and they asked me if I would do surgery for colic it was terrible but the reason I'm telling you this story not because Mo nearly died whether because this isn't so much about that but 100% she fought to be alive for Didi it is really rare that horses recover from internal Mm -hmm. bleeding they don't talk to you about its success rates basically they don't really they just say it's really touch and go and you just have to keep praying and hoping that they're going to be okay and so Didi was there with her and every time I went to visit Didi was there doing her baby thing she really has a really just an amazing nature and 
yeah, she helped Mo fight and Mo survived. And I still have Mo now and Didi is two years old and it was a happy mm-hmm. ending as such. So yeah, it was yeah. Mo's in the vets actually for nearly three weeks in the end. You went through so much in such a short amount of time. Yeah. But yeah. now you have, you're riding Mo again. She's out and about and yeah. Didi's two years old, which I still can't even believe. What are your plans for her in the future? We'll end on that happy idea. Yeah, well, I hope that she might do a bit of everything. I don't really know. She moves really well and she's actually got good confirmation and she's a lovely type. I actually have spoken to someone who's bought one of her siblings who's a bit older and she's a lovely horse, a real kind Mm -hmm. of could do anything type. I mean, I don't know. Maybe she'll go an event possibly. I definitely hope that she'll have a nice career and a long life with me. I hope to never have to, I really don't ever want to sell her. I would, I'm really bad at selling horses and I hope to just be in a position in my life where I can have a number of horses that are my own and I, maybe she can teach my staff and it's always good to have horses that my staff can ride and learn with. Mm -hmm. So that's my plan. Amazing. Do you think you'll race her at all? Is she eligible? Absolutely not. <laughs> I don't maybe <laughs> maybe I'll take her to the beach one day and see how far she can go. Yeah, it's is a, a different stress when you get into the racing world. But oh, amazing that you opened your heart and home to her. I'm so excited to follow her path as you continue to develop her, as well as seeing Mo in her next stage of life too. That's amazing. You're really doing the horse world proud, and I think you'll be a name for all of us to follow. Thanks so much. It really means everything. Well, thanks for coming on the show today and sharing your story. No worries. My absolute pleasure. I hope people yeah, learned something and enjoyed, enjoyed hearing it. I hope you all didn't get too sad. Sorry if you did. <laughs> no, it has a happy ending for sure. Thanks, Mary. No worries. Well, Christy Schulte-Cappert is Program Director of the ASPCA's Raid Horse Initiative. It's a collective of industry professionals and equine welfare advocates working together to improve the lives of horses in transition. And she has a background in program management, marketing in the equine industry, and she also rides OTTBs and competes in ranch horse versatility events with your mare and Mustangs. And you are outside of Austin, Texas, correct? Yes, I am. Beautiful Austin. It's the best time of year to be here. No kidding. I bet it is. And uh, I guess it just goes without saying, if you live in Austin, Texas, you have to do some sort of ranch horse something. Yes. Yeah. I got into (laughs) the ranch horse stuff when I was doing the Extreme Mustang makeovers and do that with my quarter horse mare now. And yeah, it's super fun. It's very competitive and it's a blast. I would love to thank the ASPCA since you're here because you guys have done such an amazing job helping transition horses, especially here in Oklahoma. And it is currently hashtag adopt a horse month. Girls, it's like permission granted to go adopt that horse you want. 100%. It is actually (laughs) required. It's your civic duty as a horse person (laughs) to go adopt a horse. I know that Jamie's probably got one for everybody out there. Yeah, this is the month to do it. This is our uh, the first time we've pulled off this campaign. And we're just so excited to give this month a big focus on equine adoption like a lot of other animals get. Uh, it is time for the horse. Now, the right horse, myrighthorse.org, is the website that has all of the horses all over the country available for adoption, right? Yes. My Right Horse is our adoption platform. We have partners. Actually, we have retired racehorse partners from literally Florida to California and many states in between. 
let's put it this way. When I am on there for strictly work purposes, it is most mm-hmm. often the <laughs> retired racehorses that are stopping me in my tracks and I'm trying to stop myself from going and applying for those horses. I'm going to call, yeah, work purposes, please. I I, I peruse your <laughs> website for, you quote, work purposes too. It's just hard to, to turn down any of these guys. And the horses that are on myrightehorse.org I mean, you've got, I'm looking at a little Morgan mare that's behind a cart, pulling a cart. We've got standard breads and. Uh, yeah, exactly. It, it is a straight up occupational hazard and it <laughs> is a lot of fun. And the horses are located all across the country and there's really a horse for every desire. So whatever discipline that people are interested in or not interested, if they just want a buddy or a horse that is looking for somewhere to find a soft landing to be part of that horse's story as they're moving into their next home or their next career. And a a lot of them are young thoroughbreds coming out of a racing career, but a lot of them are exactly like you just described, just from every walk of life and looking for their new partner. So why is it important to you personally to help horses in transition? We have seen over the last few years of working on this issue that adoption is an incredibly powerful lever to push on. I know everyone has stories. Every single horse person that I've talked to has stories where they have seen a a great horse in their life end up either with somebody sort of by chance and luckily, or they have a story about a horse that wasn't so lucky and fell through the cracks in some way or another. And the more that we can source horses through adoption and through these really good adoption agencies that you'll find on My Right Horse, the more we can empower them to be there for horses when they might find themselves in a tricky situation because these horses they live for a long time and they go through different own owners and homes and careers. And the more that we can use adoption as a way to find them a new home and their right person for that right stage of their life, um, then we can be there for any equine that's in need uh, throughout their long lives and see a lot of the successes that we've seen in small animals, how everyone is so proud of their rescue dog and their adopted cat. Obviously, horses are a lot different in a lot of ways, but if we can bring that same visibility to adoption, that's what Adopt-A-Horse Month is all about. Tell us about some of these adoption agencies that you guys are partnering with. Yes, I would love to. So we have 30 four adoption partners all across the country. And then we have another great set of groups who are in what we call the warm-up ring. They're working on becoming an adoption partner. These adoption groups have basically committed to joining us in this effort to increase adoption and make adoption a really accessible and welcoming and positive experience for adopters. So that's who you'll find on myrighthorse.org. And a lot of them are all breed and they'll take in horses from lots of different scenarios and a good handful of them do focus specifically on retired racehorses. So a great example, almost everyone's probably seen new vocations. They've got a fabulous population of horses. We've got Florida Track down there in Florida. We have Second Stride in the Louisville area. We've got Wind Place Home out in California and Hope for Horses out in California. We've got Horse and Hound, who you know very well, Jamie. And um, yeah, 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 watch watch out for them. They have the cutest horses. Do not get too close. (laughs) 
Um, <laughs> I'll tell you all about them and I will match you with one. Yeah. Okay. We know that out there, there's places that say they adopt horses that may or may not do the best job. How do you guys know you can trust the partners that you have and people can trust the partners that you guys go through? That's exactly one of the things that we are here to do. So when we call somebody an adoption partner, that means that we've spent quite a bit of time getting to know them as an organization and how they interact with not only their horses, but with the public, with adopters and with other groups in the industry. So we, we're really big on collaboration. We're big on groups who are professionally run. And so that's really what the warm-up ring is all about, is that process of getting to know our partners um, so that we can feel confident in sending adopters to them. When you visit a right horse adoption partner, you can feel comfortable that you're going to have a welcoming and positive adoption experience where their first priority is matching you with your right horse. That's Mm -hmm. where the name comes from and that they're going to be there for support if you should ever need that in the future with your horse, but they're not going to hover over and wait for something to go wrong or micromanage that relationship. And our adoption partners also when you adopt them, you're going to get a horse that is healthy, is up to date on their, all their veterinary work. If they do have some sort of prior injury or limitation, the organization is going to let you know about that. They're going to tell you exactly how they manage it and what you can expect. They're going to be microchipped. They're going to be up to date on their dental work, their farrier. And so it takes a lot of that risk and that guessing out where there's so many great horse people who want to help a horse in need. And Going to an adoption partner is the the safest and lowest risk and most impactful way to help those horses because you know when you take that horse home, of course, you're getting another horse and, or a first horse, and then you're opening up that stall for the next horse in need to have somewhere to go where the professionals can help them get the care they need. And I think that is, I think, one of the more important things that people need to know is that your adoption partners... You can trust a My Right Horse adoption partner. Mm -hmm. So it it takes a lot of the guesswork out. So if you are going to a rescue and you want to adopt, please go and make sure that you are dealing with a verified partner, a verified adoption facility. And if they're not working with the ASPCA, then they should be and encourage them to do that. But again, you guys, you have a, Christy said it, you have a civic duty to adopt a horse this month and to give one of these awesome horses a home on myrighthorse.org. Check it out. Oh my God. I fall in love with about 12 since we've been talking and I don't need any more. I would love to, if you guys do adopt a horse to the right horse, tag us in it, tag the right horse in it. We want to see the stories. We want to see the horses you adopt. We want to celebrate you for doing that. So definitely exciting time for sure. Yeah, and exactly. I'm so glad you brought that up because whether you've already adopted or might adopt in the future or have never adopted, everyone's voice is so powerful in this too. And just changing people's conversation about what adoption means and who these horses are, that you could absolutely find your 
next athletic partner through adoption. And so sharing those adoption stories. And if you hear somebody saying, hmm, I'm thinking about getting a horse or my kid maybe wants a horse, say, hey, have you considered adoption and send them our way? Because it really, really matters how we talk about these horses and talk about adoption and making it as mainstream as any other way of getting a horse. That's what's really going to make a difference for these guys. I'm sorry. I'm going to have to go adopt Stick to Roses. He is a 20-year-old <laughs> thoroughbred, and he's a babysitter, and he's the most precious thing I've ever seen. I'm about to cry. <laughs> I oh. need him. Yeah, he's adorable. Anyway, the, I love the old old thoroughbred boys there. So, Christy, if I haven't said it enough, where can people go find you and find a horse to adopt this month? So our main website for that is myrighthorse.org. And we also have a great roundup of fun stuff specifically to celebrate Adopt-A-Horse Month. And that's at aspca.org slash ahm. Lots of really wonderful stories and cute things that will definitely not make you cry at all when you read them. <laughs> Liar. Care, so, yeah. <laughs> did, did you see through that one? <laughs> I saw right through it. I haven't even been there yet. <laughs> It's some really great stuff. Awesome. Christy, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it. Well, thank you so much for your support of Adoptable Horses and Adoptable Horse Month. That's what we do. Go adopt a horse, everybody. One of our most popular segments on the show is having Leandra Cooper from New Vocations join us with another fabulous training tip. Welcome to the show, Leandra. Hi. Hey, welcome back. So I have a great question for you. And I think a lot of us who end up adopting an ex-racer deal with it. How do you like to teach straightness for your wiggly thoroughbreds who might be struggling, whether they're falling in at the shoulder, don't quite know how to move off their haunches yet? How do we teach them some balance and straightness? Oh, that is a great one. Well, yeah, that is, that's definitely something that we see a lot, the wigglies. It can be a challenging one to address. So I would say there's a stepwise function to it. So straightness is something that becomes really important as you progress. So it might not be the first thing that we tackle, but it definitely needs the building blocks to get there. And it's one of the things that you want to address before you get into things and then realize that you can't do a straight line. So I would say starting with kind of the ABCs of teaching them in, in any respect, because I feel like I say it like a broken record, but it really is like just learning the alphabet so that you can teach the other pieces, learning how to respond to pressure, whether that be with your leg or your hand. So practicing just those, even those little tiny moments where you have a, just a smidge of give or where they, they're responding to leg cues, obviously that'll become really important because you're going to want to frame them in between your legs and your hands when you're asking for real straightness down the road. So it's really important that they understand that framing. So when achieving that, I like to introduce, obviously the concept of laterals become really important. That's good foundational work going into it. With a lot of the young horses, we tend to carry a, a wider hand position. So whereas ideally you want a straight line from your coming down from your sides where your elbow hangs to your hands and then directly to the horse's uh, mouth where the bit comes out. If you want that straightness, but you can strategically use a more open hand to try to, again, frame them between your leg and your hand so that you're going to be able to ask for that straightness and they're actually going to understand what you're talking about. 
But you can also use things like ground poles. There are a lot of great ground pole exercises to help them think about going down a real corridor. So whether you just have ground poles set up where you're going straight over them or you set up framing ground poles so they're kind of on either side and you're going down the line, you can use those as directors because it's also really easy as the person to get a little off track from where your straightness is. So make sure you know where your straightness is so that we can ask them properly. And then I would say all of those foundational pieces So teaching them the ABCs of straightness so that they understand what you're asking for. When you ask for it, they're really going to help you. But people tend to get a little frustrated because they're expecting that in a short increment of time where really what tends to happen is that those pieces will fall into place when you set them up by laying those bricks of the foundation, then you're going to, they're going to understand what you're asking for and understand the concept much more easily down the road. And then you can just practice repetition. Does that make sense? It's interesting. She says that because remember when we had the Grand Prix dressage rider, Reese Koffler Stanfield, come on. And she talked a lot about how, when you're riding, think of you riding your green horse in the train tracks, like on, mm-hmm. on a set of yeah. train tracks. And you're constantly like trying to navigate the horse to stay in between the train tracks. And that's a really good thing that you said there is like framing your hands a little wider, teaching them to move mm-hmm. off of pressure. Mm-hmm. All of that will help. That's awesome. Leander. Thank you. Absolutely. I love that train track analogy. That's great. <laughs> That's a great and easy way to think about it. Taking a little bit more responsibility Absolutely. in your seat and making things easy for your horse. So always a fan of yeah. that. Yeah. Speaking of, uh, we had the Kentucky Derby this past weekend and lo and behold, our our, our horse of the week from New Vocations that's adoptable is a lovely mare named Derby Doll. I did mm-hmm. not see her running in this past win, so I I don't think she was a derby doll technically this year, but she is a doll. Tell us about her. Maybe more on the aficionado side of it. She, yeah, not so much in the accomplishment. <laughs> she's actually, she was totally unplaced in her own career, which was just a short four start and ended up only earning $765. So she definitely was not the derby contender, but she is definitely a doll. And this is one of those horses that I like to say is like the unicorn personality. So when we have adopters who want to have a young prospect, but also one who's kind, level-headed, has that kind of old soul personality, not many things phase them. They just like to be groomed. They're really easy to work with. That is something that we're biting our lip up on the other side of the phone if we're having those conversations because it just, we know that's not very common uh, in a young green directly off the track prospect, but Derby is that exception where she is totally unfazed by things. She loves being rubbed on. She loves being groomed. She takes everything very reasonably. She's So she's curious, but she doesn't have any big reaction. So in a lot of different ways, she is this really ideal young prospect because she just is a very go-with-the-flow personality. And even in turnout, she's like that, where she just wants to be everybody's buddy even when we had some more opinionated mares who would divide the bigger mare group, she just wanted to be everybody's best friend. So Aww. she she just is such a priceless personality. She stands at this 16 hands, really good, solid 
package height, which appeases lots of different cows. And she's a horse who could go in a lot of different directions. So whereas she has rehabbed from this tendon injury, we had the vet check it all throughout. She got the stamp of approval to start getting back into shape and actually got the green light for having a great athletic prognosis down the road, given the improvements that we saw in her ultrasound. So this is really a horse who could go a lot of different directions. And we like to always take a more conservative route when we're projecting what they might be able to do. But I think with this horse, her limitations will only be mental and and in accordance with whoever her adopter is going to be down the road. So you want a horse who can do light athletic work, but also be a really nice trail pleasure family across the board horse then this is really the diamond in the rough. And she is, like I like to say, she's on sale. So it's like she's free. It's like they're giving you $200. She's Her adoption fee is currently $800. She is one of those big kind of solid dark bay with a brilliant white star and a one white leg. She is definitely pretty. You can find her at horseadoption.com. Look at new vocations. She's in the Kentucky farm and her name is Derby Doll. And uh, somebody go snap her up. She's precious. Thanks, Leandra. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. You can find our show notes and links to today's guests on the website at retiredracehorseradio.com. Like us on Facebook, search for Retired Racehorse Radio. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. Also, we have uh, an Instagram, which Mm -hmm. you run at Retired Racehorse Radio, right? I do. And let me tell you, Jamie, we we have the best dang listeners. I put out a call to action. Long story short, we got locked out of our Instagram for a little bit of time, so I hadn't been adding to it. Finally got access again. Yeah, we're trying to get likes. We're trying to get up to 500 followers. And I'm going to tell you guys, if you like us right now and we get to 500, I will randomly draw a name to win a box of crap. And it's not real crap. If you listen to Horses in the Morning, it's a bunch of cool products that I'm not going to use. <laughs> you might joy from yes from, from multiple sponsors. different things from sponsors from uh, other companies we work with and stuff like that so you can get some really cool stuff if you help us to get to 500 likes so we're almost there so i like feel it. like 500 is shooting low let's go for a thousand i i i'm too old for instagram so joys spearheading <laughs> the adventure yeah. well we'll um, start with 500 then i'll do another prize at a thousand oh so. i Help us get up there, guys. There we go. That's Retired Racehorse Radio on Instagram. You can find me on Facebook because I'm not too old for that. Uh, (laughs) You can find me, Flyover Farm, Jamie Jennings, Certified Monty Roberts Instructor. You can email me at jamie at horseradionetwork.com. You can email me at joy at horseradionetwork.com or find me on Instagram at the foodie equestrian. Uh, Thank you so much to our sponsors, Kentucky Performance Products and Cashel Company. We honestly couldn't do it without you. And we especially can't do it without our listeners as well. And don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Remember to set your goals high and love to learn from every ride. And spay, neuter, and guild. Bye, guys. Love you. 